0: Jesus was always a guest. You remember that he said, foxes have their dens and birds have their nests, but the Son of God has nowhere to lay his head. And as we remember this, we remember that he was invited on so many occasions to be at table in someone's house. And in fact, if we imagine ourselves into this, we can see how critically important this was as Jesus moved throughout his ministry that he surrounded himself with persons that were capable of hosting. It is a beautiful thing to think of the way that Jesus interacted with his hosts. He would have done so very wonderfully and lovingly, but he also challenged them to think about hospitality in a more godlike way. Because left to ourselves, we make a wreck of it. There was a Pharisee that invited Jesus to come to his house after worship to have dinner with him. In fact, he had invited a number of other persons. This must have been a well to do Pharisee. And when Jesus came over to the house, they were watching Jesus we think of the Pharisees as being scoundrels today just the mention of the name but they were none the less than the upstanding and righteous in the community but they were watching Jesus they were watching closely little did they know that he was watching them too the first thing that happened when Jesus went into that house was that there was a poor man that sought him out very quickly. I wonder if he slipped in a side door or if he was somewhere in the servants that were tending to that feast. But he was a man who had dropsy. Now that is something that you and I would call congestive heart failure or something like that today where His legs were swollen. He was barely able to get around. This individual came up to Jesus. Jesus saw immediately what he needed. He needed not only connection, but he also needed healing. And Jesus reached out and he was healed. As the man left the room, Jesus began to look at those that were gathered around him. And he saw that... There was a different story that was at play. For they were seeking to find the most prominent seats that were there in that room. You may have seen this yourself at certain parties that you have been to. Especially if there's a head table and there are no name tags to mark who is to sit where. You may have seen people that were vying for place around certain tables that were nearer to the front it may be that you have been one of those persons yourself but that was what Jesus observed and it says that in this passage just before which was just read just a few moments ago that Jesus referred to this and he said when you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet referring to the parable that he was into in his mind Do not sit down in the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. The host who invited you, both of you, may come and say to you, give this person your place. And then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. Jesus was interesting like that, telling these kinds of stories and making everybody feel uncomfortable. Oh, it's interesting to see how Jesus was seeking to make everyone feel included. In fact, if the children will remember here with me, the ones that he was most wanting to include were the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind. And so I want to ask the children particularly to say this with me and also those who are children at heart. The poor and the crippled, and the lame, and the blind. We need to go through that list one more time, don't we? The poor, and the crippled, and the lame, and the blind. Not only those who could not ever expect to receive an invitation to the party because they had nothing, and not only those that were just tottering down the street because they could hardly walk, Not only those that could not walk at all, who were completely lame, but also those that were blind that had no way to know how to get to the party unless somebody would include them and bring them to the party. Jesus was interesting because he continued to observe all that was going on. And here at the luncheon, he said to those that were gathered around him, when you invite friends or family and your brothers, you, your relatives or your rich neighbors, it says, don't invite them in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. Now this is strange logic that he is using that we would not be so interested in inviting those whom the world is only thinking about inviting to their parties, to their banquets, to their gatherings, that you and I would have different vision than the world to include those that are so distant, these who were poor. Say this with me again, you who are children at heart, poor. Poor and crippled and lame and blind we know that this is an important thing for jesus or he would not have spoken it so clearly god's guest list includes always these who are distant from having been included to begin with in fact after Jesus shares this word that has been read for us this morning, he goes into another parable, and he says that one of the dinner guests, on hearing what Jesus said, said, blessed is the one who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. I wonder if that's sort of like saying, blessed are those who get to heaven at Jesus' table. Or maybe this person was beginning to understand the reality of blessed are those who discover that God wishes to make his table very full right here. Jesus said to him, someone gave a dinner and invited many and at the time for the dinner he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. And the first one said, I've bought a piece of land and I must go out and see it. Please accept my regrets. And another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. And another said, I've just been married. And therefore, I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to the master. The owner of the house became very angry and said to the slave, go out at once into the streets and lanes of the town and bring in, help me with this again, the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind. The slave said, sir, what you ordered has been done. And there is still room. The master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and the lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. 99% of the time I eat with people I know and I love. It's a family thing. In fact, there is no one more that I would like to share lunch with than my wife who is seated before me here. And to share time with our daughters and our grandchildren. I'm looking forward to my father in time while I, when I will spend with him this week. In fact, let me give you the notice. He's coming back to town this week. And uh, in fact, he turns 92 on Tuesday. 92 years old. I look forward to spending time with him and my in-laws, Sue's parents. Some of you even know Sue's parents, Ellick and Margaret Bullington. Ellick is a former pastor of this church. Isn't that interesting to think about? And how precious the time is to spend it with those whom we love. In fact, this is what we do. Not only in our families, but this is what we do in the church too. We spend time with those whom we love. Did you observe how that time of greeting was going just a few moments ago? You all are like glue with each other. You want to catch up and find out what's going on in each other's lives. And what a beautiful thing it is. And have you observed what happens on midweek at Open Table here at Pittman Park? Have you observed? Have you been a part of that? If you haven't, I want to make sure that you understand that no reservations are necessary and no payment is accepted at the door. It's a beautiful concept that we prepare the meals and that it's been going a year and a half now and we haven't run out of money to do that. And God is being served by gathering into our table, an open table, God's table, a community. Some who have been strangers to us, but now they're family. What a beautiful thing it is that we do not have a corner on this market. Have you seen what's happening with Open Hearts Community Mission Oh, goodness. They open the table three times every day. This evening, the table will be open for those who were homeless, but now are in a transitional home. And they will have a wonderful meal prepared for them by those who consider them extended family. What a beautiful thing it is to think about First United Methodist Church here in our town that serve every Saturday morning those who are in need. What a beautiful thing it is to think about how we join together with other volunteers to work at Rebecca's Cafe in order to care for those that are in need. And a beautiful thing occurs, and that is that it's hard to tell that community is not much broader than what we acknowledge even when we are together on Sunday mornings at church we had a party here at Pittman Park just recently I was one of the ones that was invited some of you were there we were gathered mid-afternoon And someone showed up who was not invited to that party. Oh, he looked different than me. He was so much taller and so much stronger. And besides that, he had on four coats and he was sweating. And I thought, what's going on here? You all had accepted him well, in fact, One of the ladies of the church over in the fellowship hall had made sure that he had a little cup of punch in his hand. And I thought, this is strange. I could tell nobody in the room knew who he was. And I thought, somebody should call the pastor. And then I realized I'm the pastor. (laughs) I walked over to him and I said, Let me introduce myself. And he just looked at me and smiled. I said, I'm Bill Bagwell. And he nodded his head. Didn't say a word. I said, what is your name? Not a word. He tried to mumble some syllables that made no sense. And then he pointed at his ear. And it occurred to me that he was not in the midst of those Who were poor or crippled or lame or blind, but he was deaf as a doorpost. He could not hear. And I motioned to him to follow me. I didn't know what to do with him. The first thing I said, why don't you take off your coats? Which made no sense when it was in the 70s outside. But he did that. He took off his coats and I tried to talk with him to find out who he was and where he was going. I wrote notes to him which I'm not sure that he could read. Finally, in desperation, a pastor does what a pastor has to do. I picked up the phone and called the police. It wasn't but just a couple of minutes before a car pulled up at the back door of our church and when the policeman got out of the car he was smiling I could tell there was a little frustration there but he looked at me first and then he looked at the fella to my left who was sitting there on the bench and he called him by name and I said you know him he said yes and he knows me too He said to the man, he said, come on with me, with a gentleness in his voice that understood that this person had mental capacity that was a little less than what most of us in this room share. He beckoned him to sit, not in the back seat, but in the front seat with him. I said, where are you carrying him? And the policeman looked at me and he said, I'm taking him back to his mother. He's made a break for it today. (laughs) I said, he lives. And the policeman stopped me. He said, just a few blocks away from here. And he said, he'll be home soon. I thanked God for a gentle policeman in our midst who saw the situation As it should have been seen but I wondered to myself too if only the party couldn't have accommodated him just a little longer if it weren't for an impatient preacher and pastor he wasn't in the way and I could tell he was enjoying himself quite enjoying himself in the midst of that room there are all kinds of things that are going on in our culture which seems to be so fastened to the idea that we are supposed to do something for someone in order that we can get something from someone this is a part of the culture of our world and we are a part of it what would it be like if we did not play those lunchroom politics where we absolutely refuse to even think in those ways. Why it would be, it would be like Christ was here. It would be like God was building His kingdom among us. children and those who were childlike in spirit I ask you if you invited a kid who was alone to sit with you what would that be like? children and those who were childlike in spirit I ask you the question if you were to reach out to one who is different from you what would that be like? And for all of us if you were having a party who would you invite? Who would God invite?